Good morning. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 22nd, 2018. And today we are reading in the big book. We are on page 99, starting with the second paragraph, if there be divorce or separation. Reading through two paragraphs, ending at the top of 100, with when the family came back too soon. And, oh, important numbers. Yesterday, 7 a.m. share ID, 11813, 11,813. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 11,816, 11816. Always preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Jackie M., will you please read OA's 12 steps? Yes, good morning, everyone. This is Jackie M., compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Have a great day, and I pass. Thank you, Jackie M. And Nadia B., would you please read OA's 12 Traditions? Sure thing, Laura. Good morning, everyone. This is Nadia B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Connecticut. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do the service. Thank you, Nadia B. Okay, how our meeting works. And someone is unmuted. If you could check your phones with the star one. Thank you all. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will give general reminders. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the person speaking should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 99. We are on the second paragraph. If there be divorce or separation, we'll be reading through two paragraphs ending at the top of page 100 with when the family came back too soon. 
And I will now ask Terry C. to get us started. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Maura. Can I be heard? You can. Okay. This is Terry C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey, and so grateful to be doing this service for the first time. If there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The man should be sure of his recovery. The wife should fully understand his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Sometimes it is to the best interests of all concerned that a couple remain apart. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. Okay, thank you for this for letting me do this service. I'm so excited to be talking about these paragraphs. And of course, um, I often refer to the sentence that starts on the bottom of 99. Recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. And, uh, you know, just five paragraphs ago, we were reading job or no job, wife or no job, uh, wife. We simply do not stop eating if we place dependence upon people ahead of dependence on God. And this is the same message reiterated here. Um, but I want to go back to the paragraph, the first paragraph and the sentences that jump out at me that kind of, again, connect all the dots that Bill connects over and over and over again. Um, this man, the man should be sure of his recovery. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. And all of that uh, really reminds me of what uh, one of my favorite paragraphs in Bill's story. It just comes back to entering upon a new relationship with my creator, the bottom of page 13, having all the elements of a way of living which answer, answered all my problems. Um, you know, I am married. Uh, we have stayed together and by the grace of God. Um, I believe one of the reasons is in recovery, I learned that God is the center of the universe. And if he's the center of the universe, he's the center of all the relationships I have, especially my marriage. So today, um, and Mara, I I'm, I'm hope you're timing me because I totally forgot to do that. Um, so I'll probably wrap up soon by saying, you know, God is at the center of, of my marriage. And if God is at the center of my marriage and I'm working my program and I have a new attitude and spirit and I continue my program day by day, um, what's happening is I'm constantly turning my will and my life over to God. I'm turning my marital will and my life over to God. Marriage is not easy. Committed relationships are not easy. Uh, both partners have to have empathy for each other, and I can only have that with God. I don't get that on my own because I can't get out of myself. 
And um, so I'm just so grateful to read this. You know, my recovery is not dependent, and my marriage is not dependent on my husband. My marriage is really dependent on my relationship with God, and then I get to sort out the truth in my relationships. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Thank you, Terry C., with uh, time to spare, by the way. Okay, so... um, Good stuff again today. If you would like to share, please give me your first name, last initial one time, and uh, I'll repeat it back when I hear it. Star one, who would like to share today? Would anyone like to share on what was read today? Press star one to unmute your phone. Um. Am I being heard? Larry? Yes. Vasa O. Hello. Am I being heard? Yes, Vasa Vasa O. Vasa O. Lots of rustling. I'm sorry. I can't hear. I heard Vasa O. Did I hear Craig? Lauren Andy. Lauren N. Sandy S. Adam S. Carlin G. Anita J. Anita J. There we go. That's my first group. Okay. Thank you, guys. Vasa O, followed by Lauren N., Sandy S., Adam S., Carlin G., Anita J. Vasa, get us started, please. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa. Grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And it's really good to be on the meeting. I just came back uh, from three weeks and a half uh, trip, uh, vacation from Europe. And uh, this is exactly what we had, ta- we had talked with my husband last night. It was just amazing how my program has changed me and my higher power over the years. And, yes, I did separate from my husband years ago, and I thought he was the problem. If he only loved me, if he only paid more attention to me, if he just hugged me and I would be okay, and I was delusional, that it had nothing to do with it. It was more what <clears throat> it was more important when I came in the program I learned my most important relationship would be to have on God than my husband or anybody else because I couldn't I cannot depend on people. I mean I love people but then they're human beings and I'm a human being and I make mistakes. So the I needed to continue with my program. I know my husband was not thrilled when I came in the program. He didn't like the new me, you know, the body. I had lost a lot of weight, and my attitude started changing, and my behavior started changing. But, you know, there was, you know, we had a lot of marital problems at the beginning, but gradually I had to take the focus of my husband to make me happy. I needed to find a power greater than myself to help me with my relationship, and and I still do, and, and it's just awesome, we, you know. 
we had a, you know, we have a great marriage today. I'm not looking for my husband to meet, to provide me from the happiness. There's no expectation. He is enough. He does enough. And I am enough. And I do enough. And it's, it's amazing how my life has changed over the years, in, and not just with the marriage, with financially, with everything. So I'm just so glad to be at the meeting, and I just dialed it, and I thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And Lauren N., it is your turn. Lauren N., star one. Good morning, all. This is Lauren N. from Westchester, New York. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Morazi. Good to hear you on the call this morning. Thank you for your service. Thank you all for this reading today. Wow, this program has changed my life. And I have no idea what I wanted to say, but I knew I needed to get in there today. And I'm praying that God will give me the words to convey how well, how incredibly important this program has been to me. It's helped me change in a way that I never thought possible. I'm moving my house today, or not today, but I'm moving in the next couple of weeks. And, oh, my God, I would never have been able to get through this without eating everything in sight. Today is my second anniversary of not eating anything with sugar in it. I remember two years ago, yesterday, I went to an engagement party and every single thing that was out there being served had sugar in it and all I could see was the sugar stuff. I took pictures of the couple that was getting engaged, but I really was taking pictures of the cake because that's what I was eyeing. I had thought I was being abstinent from sugar. I thought I had put sugar down. For the six weeks, six months prior to this date, I had not eaten any sugar from what I thought. But I hadn't read all the ingredients listed on the side of the packages. And I was reinfecting myself every single day with my allergic substances and had not realized how desperate I was to get out of it and how hard it was to curb the choices. Today, I'm a recovered woman. Thank God for that. Gentle Thank reminder. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Sandy S., it is your turn, followed by Adam S. 
Hi, this is Sandy S., usually from Asheville, but today I'm in Mount Kisco, New York, wherever that is, I'm not sure. But uh, I love the part of we have to continue working this on a daily basis. Because, and even, I like it to be less than daily. I like to be in the moment, you know, that that's where my recovery lies. If I could stay in the moment and just, you know, really experience my higher power, not think my higher power, not say my higher power, but really feel my higher power, surrendering to my higher power. And one of the issues I'm having is definitely with my husband, whom I totally love and who's been the most supportive person in my life. And we've broken up quite a number of times, but in the vision version of OA or whatever of working the big book, you know, I really get, I'm powerless over my fear about his behavior. He is a heavy eater. And on this trip, he's been eating like there's no tomorrow. And um, his friend said to him, you got to do something. I've never seen you like this, you know. And I was really grateful that his friend said it. But, you know, I have to come back to my husband has a higher power, and so do I. And my higher power is not my husband, you know, even though I want to make him my higher power. And I just have to really pray and see I am powerless over my fear of my of losing my husband. That's it. I am powerless over that. And I really need God's help. And, you know, I'm just really grateful to acknowledge that God can restore me to sanity in relationship to this person who is definitely God's gift to me. He's been the most supportive person in my life. And what God can help me do today is be supportive of him the way he has supported me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. Adam S., it's your turn, followed by Harlan G. Hi, this is Adam. I'm a compulsive overeater. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Adam again, compulsive overeater. I'm from Los Angeles. And I um, am lucky to be on vacation in Canada, so I get to wake up early um, and have you guys uh, on the East Coast. Um, thank you. Thank you for a great meeting. meeting. And um, just to share, I, I like the part, um, this is the direction of how to work with others. And I like, um, I like the part on page 99 when it says, when the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. Um, to me, that's a message of, you know, and I've been, I've been working the program um, abstinent for, uh, you know, it'll be 20 years in November. So 19 years and almost nine months, I believe. And um, maintaining 135 pound weight loss um, by the grace of this program and God, uh, the gift the gifts that I have, the gifts that I have is that I get to be on vacation and I get to be part of a large family. I have four kids um, and, uh, and I'm participating sober and um, active and, and involved and welcomed. And, and it's, it's a happy family, all a testament to the program. And when it says that, you know, you'll know, you'll know if someone's ready, um, 
I have that sense when I work with others too. When it clicks, it clicks. And recovery looks a certain way to me, at least it's involved. And it's not, um, when I first got in, you know, when I first came into program, I was, you know, I was grateful to be abstinent, but I was, you know, full of complaints and full of bitterness over the things in my life that weren't working. And it was only through the process of working the steps prior to this chapter, right, that I woke up to the truth that the problems begin with me and not with what's outside of me. And the problem begins in my head. And um, until I straighten that out and get the right priorities and relationships, I'm going to be invested in other things that, that are the problem, right? I'm going to put, I'm going to use blame. I'm going to, I'm going to find reasons to say why my wife is the problem, why my kids are the problem, why my job is the problem. And recovery doesn't look like that. It's pretty apparent. Recovery looks like I wake up a couple hours before everybody so I can do my 11-step prayer and meditation so I can do some writing, my 10 steps so I could get on a meeting. And that's just what it looks like. It's not that I'm a good boy. I'm not celebrating, wow, yay me. I'm celebrating the program that I have, because of the gift of this program, I have the discipline to do these things. And to make sure my food is in order and all these things. And Mental to be available reminder. to help others. So I'm very grateful to be here. With that, I will pass. Um, thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Adam S. Harlan G., it's your turn, followed by Anita J. Thank you, Maura. I'm Harlan G. I'm in sweltering Scottsdale, Arizona. Excuse the voice, I have bronchitis. These two paragraphs are telling me something that I need to hear, and I can't wait till tomorrow. We're going to get to the 12-step promises, but what are these two paragraphs telling a guy like me? What these two paragraphs are saying to me is no matter how evolved my recovery gets, no matter how developed my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. And as a human being, there's no guarantee here that things are just going to go my way. I thought that if I was in recovery, there was some line in the book that says, now you get what you want, now life goes your way. Uh Uh-uh, no. In September of 2010, I came home on a Sunday, and my then wife said to me, I want a divorce. I have fallen in love with somebody at my office, and I want a divorce. I did everything I could to hold the marriage together. I've been divorced eight years. Um. No relationship with a female that I have entered into since lasted. Both have shown me the door. I have had ups and downs. The problem wasn't with those people. The, the problem was not that. The problem was the buildup of human emotions that triggered the mental twist and wanted to drive me into the food, and I worked the steps. I am making a, per, a small percentage of what I used to make financially. No matter what the situation is, the solution is God in the steps. Whether I'm up, whether I'm down, the solution is in working the steps as if my hair was on fire, with this being the number one priority in my life. And there are slings and arrows that I am going to be called upon to bear no matter what, and no matter what, I am steadfastly dedicated to the steps, 
and I did not put a morsel of food in my mouth that did not belong there as the result of any situation that was of this earth in 19 and a half years. Am I so special? No. No, not even close. The solution is in the step. No matter what the problem, no matter what the antagonism, no matter what the catalyst of your situation is, it doesn't matter. The solution is in the steps. And abstinence alone will not carry me through these trials and tribulations. I must have maintain and expand my spiritual life through the working of the steps and through self-sacrifice and service to other people. There is no other way. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. And Anita J., it is your turn. Well, thank you so much, Maura. This is Anita J., recovered in Massachusetts. I've had a wonderful time up in upstate New York in a place they called um, a, a playground for the lifelong learner. And I don't know if I'm a lifelong learner, but I know for the last four and a half years, I have been a student of the big book. I read it for decades, but I've been a student of the big book. And I find something in every paragraph. What I get out of this, these two, is, you know, it's not dependent on, you know, if it's divorce, if it's separation of a husband or a, or a close partner. You know, I'm now separated from my husband. Yesterday was one year. And that was through death. But... Life went on. Life went on. In fact, it has been thriving the last few months because it's not it's not dependent on any any anything walking with me that has skin on it. It's that higher power at my side. It's just an amazing it's an amazing realization. That you're not alone. You're never alone. You weren't alone when you thought you were alone. And the way to continue it is to pass it on to other people. And um, I even had opportunities there. They come up. People saw something in me, some kind of joy of living. Where do you think I got that? It, it came from working these steps. It's the real me come out again. Peekaboo. And if I want to keep it out here, I just have a simple solution. I got to hear these meetings, of which I heard very few uh, while I was away. But I couldn't sleep this morning, and I've been on this. I've been kind of wired to get back to my people so I heard Mondays and I heard yesterdays and here I am today and uh, just grateful, just grateful to be with you all and um, bless you all, really, folks. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Okay. For those who might have joined a little after seven, we are reading 
from page 99 in the big book. We're reading from the second paragraph, if there be divorce or separation, through two paragraphs, ending at the top of page 100 with when the family came back too soon. And who, by first name, last initial, would like to share on this? Star one. Nancy B. Katie D. from Boston. Nancy, Larry, Katie. Karen W. Karen W. Leia M. Laura M. Laura M. And that'll be our group. Okay, I have Nancy P., Larry K., Katie G., Karen W., Leia M., and Laura M. Hopefully we can get to all. I'm on the phone. One minute. Someone what? is telling somebody heard? that they're on the phone. Um, we have our group for Nancy now. So I heard Nancy P. first. So this is who I have. Nancy P., Larry K., Katie G., Karen W., Leia M., and Laura M., and I hope we get through all of them. Nancy P., will you please get us started? Yes, thank you. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay, so um, when this book was written, feels when I when I read this book and imagine that it was being written I think when I and I read this part I think they must have thought that um you know the marriage was the most um significant relationship and certainly it's very significant but you know I can if if I I guess I'm I'm married. I've been married for 30 years, and marriage is hard. We all know that. Those of us who are married, and um, but I'm still married, and um, I think that I would really feel terrible if something happened to my marriage, but I would feel worse if something happened to my kids. And uh, you know, my the way that I was brought up, my religion, the greatest tragedy is for parents to outlive their children, and. Um, that's not how nature intended things. And, you know, when my kids are going through a hard time, it tears at me in a particularly painful way. And, um, you know, I can say that, you know, um, one of my children is in particular is going through a very, very, very difficult time and I am helpless and there's no way for me to do anything except be an observer. And, you know, that's what brought me into this, you know, that's, You know, that's what God said to me, you know, it's time for you to pick up the phone and get some help. And that's how I got into this program. And I've been through this entire thing. I've been abstinent. And I, when I think about that, what a miracle that is, I'm humbled by the care that I feel being given me by my higher power. I'm humbled by the by my own ability, which is not my ability. It's literally like I'm being guided by God every minute to get through my life. I'm completely present for every single thing. And, you know, it's very, very painful. And it, and, you know, I called, I called somebody yesterday and I just howled my pain and, you know, and I didn't eat compulsively and I haven't eaten compulsively and it's not getting less painful. It's getting more painful. But, you know, food is not the issue. The answer is not there, and I absolutely know that. I absolutely 100% know that that answer does not lie in a cellophane bag, a bakery box, or a grocery aisle. 
the answer lies only strictly with my higher power. And so, you know, the answers are all in the book, whatever I need. And so I'm reaching more for spiritual solutions. And um, I get those spiritual solutions by calling other people and listening to them and not talking about myself. And I get those spiritual solutions by meditating. Reminder. Thank you. I'll wrap up. And I get those spiritual reminders by being on this line and, and listening to other people. And thank you all so much for all your support. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Larry K., it is your turn, followed by KDG. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Mara. Um, Larry K., Recover Compulsive Reader. You know, it says here, uh, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It's dependent upon his relationship with God. You see, there's someone on the line this morning that was diagnosed with a, a physical malady. There's someone on the line that is facing financial bankruptcy, perhaps. There's someone on the line that is uncertain about their job. Maybe they're facing uh, separation or divorce. See, don't, don't believe the lie that your life circumstances have to improve first before you can recover. See, the thing is, when I place an external condition, such as getting the wife back ahead of my recovery, you know, I'm, I'm living in an internal state of rebellion because what's stamped on my heart when I do that is this self-centered condition that must be met according to my script first. I'm dictating the terms of my surrender there's no dictating the terms of your surrender. When I try to do that, there's no opportunity for spiritual restructuring, for spiritual change. On page 60 and how it works, we're reminded and we read it every, every morning during the week, you know, that in how it works, that, you know, that, um, you know to be relieved of this, this disease we have to seek God. God could and would if he were sought. How do we seek God? We seek God through these steps, not through con- conception, not through telling ourselves or through prayer even. We seek God through the work, action after action, recover, recover, recover. That's how we seek God. And so regardless of your circumstances, it doesn't matter because one's family circumstances can be whatever they are but you're going to experience a huge emotional displacement and rearrangement, just as Dr. Jung described to Roland Hazard, where your predominant ideas, emotions, and attitudes that once dominated your life, they're going to be replaced by a whole new conception. There's going to be, you're going to be dominated by an entirely new arrangement of ideas and motives. doesn't matter what you're facing today. You're going to be moved through these actions from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. Prove that it's wrong. Do, do the work and see if it, this is all baloney or you'll eat the baloney. They didn't get the partner back or the job back or the home back. Yet despite those external circumstances, they became inwardly restructured. That's what this program offers, inward restructuring, alignment with your higher power. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Larry. Um, Katie G, it is your turn. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. And what have we been talking about since uh, doctor's opinion, right? I have an internal problem. 
have an internal problem. It's not in the parking lot doing push-ups. It is inside of me. I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And where's my solution? You know, when I'm sitting here reading this paragraph, it's like, well, you know, you could get divorced and they could come back. You know, but what it's saying is that, you know, life is going to happen, right? But it's not in box. Our solution is not in boxes and bags, right? We've talked about that. But it's not also in my life. I mean, those of you who know me, I had the privilege of marrying a wonderful man in this program. And the day after, I was delighted. But I was also equally devastated because guess what? Nothing changed. I'm still me. I still have an internal problem and an internal solution. So those circumstances, like life is in session, but life can't make me eat. And that is so cognitively hard to understand because ever since I was a little girl, I fantasized, God, just change my life and I'll be okay. Just change my circumstances. Make me thin. Bring me Prince Charming. So it's like grow-up time, KDG. Like, grow-up time. God is going to give you this wonderful life that's going to be painful, right? Things are going to happen. But what I'm learning a day at a time is I don't focus on the problem. I focus on the solution. That, you know, whatever the outcome, you know, the day after I have my daughter, whatever the outcome of my life, I still have a primary purpose, which is to stay abstinent and do this program no matter what in all circumstances. Because what I'm learning, which is crazy mind-boggling, is that when there's a problem in my life, it is not a problem. It is my attitude about the circumstances. And I don't have to run and take care of the problem because I am the problem, right? So I need to stay abstinent and seek God. So yesterday when I was disturbed and I did my sub 10 and I just sat with God, we just sat together. I said, God, please change my attitude, change my heart, change my attitude, change my heart. Because what happens is when I get all revved up and I try and change the circumstances and then, 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 I create more confusion. And ultimately, the confusion and the chaos will lead me back to a mind that thinks that eating is a step up from how I feel. So there's no answer externally. It is all internally. And that is why, and I'll close with this, this process is a, is a process of uncovering, discovering, and discarding, going into me and finding God so that I don't, so that I can keep another drunk off the street for one day and live peacefully. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Karen W., it is your turn, followed by Leah M. This is Karen W., um, Austin, Texas, and compulsive overeater. Super grateful this morning. You guys are uh ride to work with me every day and I am fortunate to hear the words and the of wisdom that you guys have and um I'm fairly new to the program and I do you know, I do believe that my answers are internal and not external and um, I have a good grasp on that, but um, I have to always, of course, be reminded and um, and food and be reminded that food is not my answer. And um, life is going to happen, and life does happen, and it's hard sometimes, and it's great sometimes. And 
it has, you know, the, I, I don't, I'm not married and I don't, um, I live with two cats. So, um, I don't have the, um, the difficulties of a relationship, um, at this time. And, um, I know that when I have been in a relationship in the past, um, it, it, things get pretty screwy. So, uh, in my mind. And so uh, a lot of times I pick up and use and, um, and so, you know, I'm just trusting. I just really am building my trust with God that God is orchestrating events and, and circumstances in my life. And it's been really beautiful. I, I laid down another substance last November and, um, I can just see God really working in my life over and over and over. And a lot of things really, um, you know, I don't know. It's the, the, the beauty of life has, is evident to me, but, um, and, and the people, I, I seem to be doing something right because people are, are starting to be drawn to me in another program I'm in. And, um, I'm just real grateful, but, uh, it was clear to me a couple of weeks ago that this program is is number one for me, and um, this is the first thing I grabbed onto as a kid, and uh, I and it feels so I'm so it's so unnatural that I've laid it down, you know, and it has been imperfectly, but um, it's very unnatural that that would happen, and the only thing that makes sense are the words in the big book. And the words that y'all say to to explain why I've been able to do this. We, me and God, have been able to do this. Um, that's all I have. Thank you very much. Thank you, Karen W. Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Laura M. Thank you very much. I love what we're reading today. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. You know, we read every day from page 164, and it says, you know, we cannot transmit something we haven't got. What do we got? (laughs) Um, What do we got? Uh, You know, we have a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery and because I've had that experience as a result of the implementation of these 12 steps and trying to live this way to the best of my ability, I have experience to share. You know, we're in Chapter 7 working with others. What is that experience that I can share with a sponsee? Um, you know, I can share about self-will run riot. I can share that the um, pursuit of my Wishes, my own personal demands, specifications um, led to um, an inability to have a partnership, a true partnership with another human being, that that self-centered behavior blocked a partnership um, of true brotherhood. We had small comprehension, talks the uh, AA 12 and 12, and that was my experience. My disease and the character defects that emanated in my life um, blocked any partnership, and it also usurped any ability to emotionally mature. I, I believe that when my disease 
kicked off, which was at about age four, uh, my ability to develop emotionally and certainly spiritually of any sort uh, was was uh, blocked completely, stunted. You know, the big book talks about displacements and rearrangements, a change of ideas, attitudes, and emotions, old ones cast aside, new ones begin to dominate us because of this relationship and because of the work that we do to uh, to uh, break down that ego. You know, I, I, I keenly recall, you know, a an interaction. I'm raging in the bedroom. Mind you, this is about uh, 31 years ago with my husband. Um, and he looks at me and he says, you know what, when you're ready to behave like an adult, I'll be ready to have a conversation with you. And he left the bedroom and closed the door. Ouch! That hurt my feelings, you know. But that is a reality that our disease touches the lives around us. But it's also a reality, let me offer this message of hope, that AA grew by leaps of bounds for two primary reasons. Number one, people got recovered and stayed recovered. The obsession of the mind was driven out and they became free. And number two, families were reunited because... Because personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Laura M. Sorry, head was in the way. Laura M., it is your turn. Star one. Good morning. This is Laura M. in Missouri. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Good morning. Um, well, I just say thank you, Leah M. I feel like you just described my life. Um, but that aside, uh, I first walked into the doors of 12-Step Fellowship about six years ago. And as I began to get a glimpse of what, li- what my life was, how my life was unfolding, I thought one of the first things that I needed to do was to Uh, go through with a divorce that I had been considering for some years. And somebody shared something at a meeting, and it was about their life, but it was an experience that I took to heart, and they described that they were in a similar place, and they had seen enough of the past to know that they were going to be a changed person on the other side. And they made the decision to wait and let that recovered person make that decision. And that ended up being really, really meaningful to me. And I made that decision. And what I have seen in the last five or six years of working 12-step program is my life has changed. And I have changed. And I am a very different person and um, I stayed in that relationship, and it has been bumps and hurdles along the way. But little by little, I do learn to practice these principles in all my affairs. And, really, you know, all of my relationships continue to change. And, um, you know, that's, that's just one little piece of the gratitude that I have for this program is hearing all of the experience of the different people and and these lessons out of the book and and um, how they do affect real change in, in everyday life. And um, just wanted to share that experience. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Laura M. We have time for 
Uh, two two-minute shares. Who would like to share? Star one. Matt M. Matt M. Who else? Barb from Jen A. Barb from where? Ontario. Barb from Ontario. There's our two. Okay, two minutes each. Matt M., please go ahead. Thank you, more for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam Postal Eater. You know, um, it's very interesting. I can speak on the um, on the reference of being a sponsee to a sponsor. Like, you know, I'm working with my sponsor now. It's my 20, oh, my 20th sponsor, I believe. I've been in the room for over 10 years, and I've had all kinds of sponsors, hard sponsors, soft sponsors, sponsors somewhere in between, which, you know what, never really worked for me because I wasn't really, my heart really wasn't in it. I've gone through the steps before, but I never really felt like my heart was in it. That's why. But this time is different. I feel like I'm getting somewhere working with other, working with my sponsor because he's given me a sense of hope. I'm not using him as, as he's not my everything. He's not my higher power. That's the difference this time. My sponsor is not everything to me. If I can't reach him, I call another fellow when I commit my food. And, uh, and he, he's always there for me when we're going to do step work. He makes sure he's, he makes sure he's available. So I got to learn that the world does not revolve around me. And when I can't reach him, the world is not coming to an end. And he tells me to call people to get out of myself, and I do. I call others, even though I'm not recovered, and I ask them how they're doing. I ask them what, what's going on in their lives because I actually do generally want to know because, again, I don't want the, me, my head think my brain is telling me that the world revolves around me and everything has to be the way I want it to be. That's not the way things go. So just to say I'm grateful I don't have to listen to that voice in my head and I can just move forward with this and finish with this process so I can go out and help others. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And Barbara from Ontario, your last initial, please. Hi, folks. Thanks. Can I be heard? Yes, your last initial, Barbara. Oh, Barb C. Barbara C. Thank you. Please go ahead. You'll be our last share today. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. I think uh, uh, today's been marvelous. This is my second time uh, in, in as many days after almost a year of being away. Um, that year of being away is exactly as uh, everyone in this uh, room would imagine. It's, it's involved self-will run riot. It's involved arrogance. It, it's involved uh, fear and, uh, and kind of manufacturing solutions to my fear that absolutely don't work. It's so beautiful to be amongst people who understand. And uh, the magic is that I can hear and I know we're going to be talking about, uh, Larry talked about the fact that we're going to be looking at the promises tomorrow, that I'm going to know that I'm already starting to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And uh, it may not be the presence of all the magic that we sometimes want, we, we sometimes wish for. It may not be all of the perfect scenarios, but what it is is the absence of torment that's inside us when we reach out, trust God, help others, and clean house. And so that's where I'm at. I'm just tremendously grateful, very moved to be amongst my quotes family again. And, uh, and thanks for letting me share. Peace out. And right on time. Thank you so very much, Barbara C. And to everyone who shared this morning. What a great meeting yet again. Okay, important information to be shared. How about today's share ID is 
11,822-11822. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.